Welcome to Gutsy Matters Podcast, brought to you by storednaturally.com. I'm Wendy Allen. And I'm Helen Reynolds. Gutsy Matters Podcast is for independent thinkers who aren't afraid to stand out from the crowd. Our conversations are with people who, like us, are willing to create something they believe in, something that helps us all to live more sustainably, more consciously, and with greater connection. We're delighted you're joining us to discover, uncover, and create opportunities and perspectives about health, wealth, and sustainable living. Today's guest is hard to keep up with. Let me introduce Georgina Wilkinson. She and her husband Gary are based in the Margaret River region of Western Australia and they're helping to found the Australian industrial hemp industry. They contribute so much to the hemp industry. Let me just list off all the hemp things they do. And actually, I probably don't quite have a complete list. But Gary is a builder with a special passion for building hemp houses and they run a successful hemp building company. They have two shops, one in Fremantle and the other in Margaret River, where they sell hemp clothing, the wonderful hemp skin and body care products that Georgina formulates, our hemp fresh produce enhancers, hemp bed linen, hemp food and much more. Gary and Georgina also grow hemp, which they harvest for fibre and the seeds. And they're also working hard to expand the hemp industry by building a processing facility for hemp herd. Georgina is the Vice President of the Australian Hemp Industrial Hemp Alliance, as well as the Chair of the Industrial Hemp Association of WA. We have so much to talk about with Georgina, so hold on. This will be a fast-paced conversation. Welcome, Georgina. Hello, and thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's great to get from one side of the country to the other, from WA to Queensland. <laughs> yes. So let's start with the state of the hemp industry in Australia. We certainly believe that hemp is a more sustainable fibre crop, which begs the question why we are still relying so heavily on fibre crops that are more demanding on our precious environment. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I find the industry, the hemp industry here is a healthy industry, though we are unable to use the whole plant still, which is a bit of a problem here. We also are only using a very small amount at the moment, which is, tends to be the seed. The Tasmania are the experts at this. They've, um, they've got a lot of seed, and that's what they basically grow for, for grain, for food. And only in the last couple of years, three years maybe, that there's really been interest in fibre and herd as a plant, which is another side of it. Now, the fibre and herd side is the most exciting for us because that's what we do with the herd. We actually build houses out of it. And so it's really important that we try and use more of the plant as we possibly can. But processing has stopped this sustainable plant from moving forward, the machinery. So those people who have done the homework would realise setting up a food industry was probably quite quick. Not too much money, though. I know the biggest one here was $1.5 to set up a food industry, but that churns out a lot of seed. But a, a building industry... To actually do the processing, that side of it, it was already worked out that it would cost quite a lot of money to actually set that process up because it's not just one machine. It's lots of different machines, graders, de-dusters, um, baling machines. There was lots from start to finish, finish products. So that has probably put 
the um, hemp industry on a little bit of a hold. There is New South Wales do have a herd and fibre machinery over in New South Wales. Um, that's been set up for quite a while for building materials. And we've just set one up here in Western Australia. So it has, there are processing there, but we're still not using the whole crop. The herd is the inside of the store. That's your herd, so your building materials. The fibre on the outside normally is what you use for clothing, but we don't have the manufacturing for clothing. Top of the was a clothing club anyway. So that, that all got broken up years ago and turned into scrap when I talked to the guys in Victoria Geelong about that, where the textile industry was originally, in mainly in Australia. So it got broken up. So we're getting there, but the building side of it has started a new, um, for the fiber and for the herd side of it, we're really trying to find something to do with the stock with the other side of the fibre. Now we've got lots of ideas and so has the mill in New South Wales and we do work with them. So then hopefully that between us, we can get some really good um, industries off the ground with the fibre because there's no point in putting through your stock using the herd and then you've just got piles of fibre afterwards. What are we going to do with it? So we are working with um, CSIRO on this. So all those interested parties have been on a meeting today. So that's going to be quite interesting what happens there with the fibre side of the industry. So you're saying we did have an ability to process fibres a long time ago for textiles and it was all broken up and thrown out? Well, it wasn't, it was never kept kept for scrap. It got moved to scrap because it never kept up to date. So if you look at the Chinese at the moment, they are the experts on um, the fibre industry and in the world, fibre, the outside of the stalk is, what will bring you most money. The longer that fibre is, the more money that you will get for it because it's longer durability and makes really durable clothing. But we don't have that machinery here. Not that I know of. I could be totally wrong, but the guys in textiles remit over in Victoria and I'm on a committee with another guy, uh, Robert Bell, that works in the textile industry for years, over 40 years. It never kept up to date, so it was scrapped. Because nobody, most of the big companies, in fact, all of them have gone offshore now. So when it comes to clothing for the fibre, uh, the Chinese are the experts at it. Um, they've always updated their machinery. But we, what we're trying to do here in Australia, because we just want to manufacture our own things here. And I think with what's happening in the world at the moment, the more we manufacture ourselves, the better. So the thing that we will concentrate on with the fibre is trying to replace things like bioplastics. That's very doable for us to be able to do that. We've just got a lot more work to do on the fibre, the right length, make sure it's retted properly. Yeah, so there's lots of work to do, but we are doing that work at the moment. So, yeah, that, that's the thing. Plastics is probably the big one, I would say. What you can make, for, I mean, there's 3D printing at the moment. There's hemp filament, but it's only 30% hemp in that hemp filament. So, yeah, we're just working and keeping in touch with lots of companies that would love to replace plastic the amount of plastic that comes in to australia and then turns into more plastic is phenomenal (laughs) and so it would be great if we stopped bringing plastic in and we had our own bio composites we like to call them plastics we really probably need to get rid of that word altogether bio composites that can actually make products that you see with plastic at the moment yeah i've got some amazing balls that were they were made out of hemp that I just absolutely love. They're made of hemp. 
you just throw them on the floor and they just will not crack. They will not, yeah, hemp. Plastics are amazing. Biocomposites, I should say. <laughs> yeah, and they just, BMW just only recently released their first electric car. It's got 25, 28 kilos of hemp in it. Wow. Yeah, 28 kilos of hemp in their first electric car. It's a cute little car. It's lovely. 28 so kilos of hemp, hemp's in that. As as panelling or yeah, as panel, textiles panelling. inside? Yeah, we all know the of the photo of um, is it Ford, Ford yeah. Henry Ford. Yeah, wow, they've known for a long time. It's interesting how things get dragged to the side, isn't it? With they've known for a very long time. So, but now most car companies have to use some sort of plant material. I think Europe's are the leaders at, at the moment. But yeah, that little BMW electric car is great. I love it. And twenty eight kilos of hemp in that, which is the highest I've ever heard of. Because Normally when their BMW have been um, doing it for a while but on their electric cars, but they had like, um, I think it might have been corn in there as well. But to have 28 kilos is pretty pretty good. Pretty amazing. Yeah. We're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Would you tell us more about a, a hemp house? When I tell people I'd love to have a home built of hemp, they, they, they think I'm a bit strange. But the oh, houses that Gary builds are magnificent. Yeah, we've built about seven and there is um, houses in Queensland now, houses in New South Wales. New South Wales probably got the most. There's uh, way over 100 houses being built in the whole of Australia. And that's one of the big game changers is the building side of it. Then we will be able to use the herd. And a lot of the hemp that's here at the moment is actually coming from uh, Europe that's building the walls of these houses over east with the mill over there and our mill here. You can now have Australian grown hemp herd in your walls. And I don't know why, from carbon point of view, why you would drag hemp grown over in France or grown over in the UK, why you would drag it all this way over to here. It's it's manufactured. We've got to do our own manufacturing. It has to be done and it is being done, but a lot of people don't know about it. So we're just spreading the word more once now that these processing facilities in New South Wales or WA are getting ready for it. We just really need something with the fibre because we don't want sheds and sheds full of fibre and the herds just going out the door. Mm. We're not going to be able to make money realistically unless you're able to use the whole stock. We've got some really good ideas. We're going to do the hemp houses anyway. We don't believe in using um, overseas hemp. There's no need to. We need an industry here. It's really important to have an industry here. Why would you bring over something grown in France and UK over here? And China, even China. There's no need. It's a plant. It grows for four months and you can have your house. We love the idea of um, coming to see your house growing in the field and we'll chop it down four months later. There's your house. How good is that? <laughs> Right. Why not? The, yeah, absolutely. Do the processing facilities need to be in a relatively short distance from where the crop is grown? Is it a bit like making silage? If you travel it too far, it doesn't work? Yes, I um, agree. I think basically you could actually trans. They look at maybe 100 kilometres around each machine, but you could possibly go a lot more. We'll probably go a lot more here in um, WA just to get us off the ground to start off with. Um, the first 28 bit, 25 bills that are going through our machine in the next week or two, they are coming from Esperance, and you know how far Esperance is from Margaret River where the processing is. But that's us just trying to get it off the ground and making sure that the herd's the right quantity, right size, de-dusted, graded, everything. 
So we will put that that lot 25 bills through first and then work it out from there cost-wise. But yes, we would prefer to have uh, farmers around us and they're the farmers that work for us at the moment are within uh, most of them at the moment that we've signed up are around 30 k's away from our own machinery at the moment that we have actually um, got set up in here in Margaret River you can pick it up and move it to any state or any area wow so basically that that would be one of our plans that our once this one's up and running and working smicko it will actually can be picked up and moved somewhere else like a so grain header, like put it on the back of yeah. a truck and go and harvest the next region that's ready. Yeah, but realistically, I think where you look at WA, let's put one up north. Let's have one down south, let's put one up north. So when you look at Queensland, let's have one up north, one down south, you know, one in each area. They're pretty big machines and they're pretty, even if you, I would say highly likely, even if you had a machine working in the field, you'd probably have to take it somewhere still before it went into a hemp wall for a house that have to be still degraded, have to be graded, and it would have to be de-dusted to make sure there's no dust on it and definitely no fibre in it. You can't have fibre in your hemp walls, otherwise it just forms little balls and uh, doesn't make your walls look good. So, um, yeah, no, it's exciting. Just very keen to get this one sorted in Margaret River first and then um, let's see what happens from there. I think Tazzy's um, um, trying to get processing off the ground at the moment as well, which is fantastic. So that's WA, Tassie and New South Wales all working on it at the moment. So how far away do you think it is before we actually have uh, a hemp textile processing plant with the fibre so we can actually uh, grow, process and weave our own hemp fabric in Australia? And make our product in Australia. Yes. (laughs) Um, So you're talking more woven fabric? fabric? Yes. that's, That's another industry in itself. So I must admit, that's not something, I mean, my husband, Gary, absolutely believes that we can do this in Australia. He's adamant that the textile industry has to come back. We have to do our own manufacturing again. Yes. Um, we have to educate people that they have, we have to do it. But that is another massive investment on uh, machinery. Mm. So that that's the huge one at the moment that's got to be done. So. And that's another step process for us to actually work on. I was hoping that someone else would want to invest in that one, whereas we can invest in the, selling the fibre to anybody that wants to do something with it. Yes, because it's such a shame if that fibre is being wasted that we, we actually could uh, process that to another hemp product. Well, it's our plan that it won't be wasted. No. So that, that is the plan. It won't be wasted. It will be put into um, plastics and geotextiles. Mm. So um, made into maybe weed matting or something like that. You know, weed matting is a perfect one to actually do. Yes, well, we'd love to have Australian-grown, Australian-processed hemp textile fabric for our fresh produce enhancers, but unfortunately there isn't a hemp textile industry in Australia, which is really sad, but I guess Mm. it's, it's, it's ever so slowly stepping closer and closer perhaps. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, in Victoria, CSIRO have got the machi- some machinery there to be able to do fabrics and things like that, but it's pretty old. And so realistically, um, yeah, there's just been no investment on that side of it. We've probably also got a skills shortage for that knowledge set too, if it's, it's such a long time since we've done it. Yeah, you'd be surprised how many people will come out the woodwork though when you talk about textiles, especially around the Melbourne, Geelong area where it used to be, a lot of it used to be, the textile industry. You'd be surprised how many of them are out there and they love hemp. 
and they really would like to see hemp back in textiles. You're not the only ones, girls. There's quite a lot of people too that would love to be able to. I mean, I'd love to see it as well. Depend. That's a lot of money that's got to go into investment investments on that side of it. But you know, we've got the decorticator that can give you the really long fibers. We have got one of them, definitely. You know, we, we've got the decorticator. We can do it. So um, yeah, we'll just see what happens. And I think something that's come out of COVID nineteen, a little perhaps positive thought that's come out of COVID is the fact that we are so reliant on overseas countries for various manufacturing and and I think it is a bit of a wake-up call to to everyone and I know that there's people that are now thinking well why aren't we doing it in Australia so perhaps that um, will spark someone's interest and someone to invest in in the very things that we're talking about. Yeah no I I think it would be fantastic I mean realistically as you guys know that what can be made from hemp is truly quite amazing and I'm thinking it will be grown and it will be shipped out to different other companies past hours once we've manufactured it and you've got your different lengths of fibre and you've got your different herd that you can actually make products out of it and I mean we've already got the seeds so you can make your skincare out of it you can make your food out of it it's the fibre and the herd side of it now that we can use the whole plant and God forbid if they let us use the leaf and the flower <laughs> it'll be great <laughs> would you would you um, clarify the difference though for the listeners because there might be people out there who are still conf- confused about what is industrial hemp and what is the other hemp so industrial hemp is actually it's a plant that's actually regulated by the federal government and each state is slightly different but realistically it's as long as it's under one percent of thc it's classed as industrial hemp in Australia, mainly Australia. I think there might be one state that's still 0.3%, but most of the states now are 1%. It's classed as industrial hemp. So the difference between, you know, over 1% and, and it's different varieties of hemp plants too, but there's two different industries that are going on in Australia at the moment, isn't there? There's the industrial hemp industry that we've just been talking about, and then there's a huge interest in the medicinal hemp expansion. Yeah. Yeah. So medicinal, I think, was passed in 2016 and hemp foods was passed in 2017, last country to do it in the world. But anyway, for food, 2016 was medicinal. And when they did that, they also put a limit on cannabinoids in the hemp plant as well as, well, in the cannabis plant. So it has to be your cannabinoids, which is your THC is your major one. Um, CBD is another one that's very topical at the moment has to be under a certain amount. And CBD and THC are the two major ones. They are classed as a Schedule 4 drug at the moment in Australia. So I can grow an industrial hemp plant under 1% THC, but could be very high in CBD, but I'm still not allowed to actually use the leaf and the flower of that plant. Sacrilege, but anyway. <laughs> mm, it is. So, But that's okay. There is submissions in at the moment from Schedule 4 to Schedule 3, um, which might happen next. We'll find out that next month. But that's still a Schedule 3 drug for CBD. Yeah, we'll just um, we'll see what happens, I think, and keep our eyes open. At the moment, I'm a great believer that people should be able to use the plant, the leaf and the flower, as long as it's under the 1% THC legal limit in Australia, because it won't make you high anyway. So why aren't we allowed to use it? The other day when we talked, you mentioned there were thousands and thousands of submissions for the change in the 
apparently there was 8,000 submissions went in, yeah. That's a huge demand, isn't it, for a change? Yeah, and everyone who I know that put submissions in, we did. Most of them wanted it deschedulized, not dropping from a th- four to a three. It needed to be, we all believed it needed to be deschedulized. We are one of the last countries at the moment to actually, but I mean, CBD sold basically all over the world except for Australia and New Zealand, but New Zealand do a full referendum next month unless they've delayed it because of COVID, like they've delayed their election. They could have done, they have a full referendum next month for recreational, which is, yeah. So CBD might join that. Yeah, it's huge. So just changing tact a little, can you tell us a bit about your products that you make, the skin and body care products? I know um, I've got some that Helen brought back from... Western Australia, and it's fantastic. So, so tell us a little bit more about what you do and how you make it. I can't live without your scrub. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Um, yeah, so we make our own um, skincare range. We've got about 40 products, including the men's range, a soap range. Um, we make them all here in um, Western Australia with the hemp seed oil. We've got quite a high percentage of hemp seed oil which is 100% Australian-grown hemp seed oil. So a lot of products out there, even food ones, not Australian. It's just good to watch that, yeah, that you're not getting your seed and oil from Canada or China at the moment because there's quite a lot of that in Australia. So, yeah, ours is 100% grown and made here in Margaret River. We use a high percentage, which is usually about 20 to 30%, depending on what product that you're looking at. Hemp seed oil is basically, you've got to be careful with it. It can be quite fragile, so it needs to be blended with other oils for it to sit on a shelf. Because if you buy hemp seed oil, you should actually, once you've opened it and it's oxidised, you need to put it in your fridge for it to get a longevity out of it, which a lot of people don't know. So that's why we blend with other good quality oils like almond, uh, yohoba, that type of thing. So they can have a lot more life. And um, yeah, we've been making them for a good 10 years now when we finally could get hemp seed oil that wasn't from China. And then... Yeah, so we, we keep extending our range. We even now use the stalk as a plant. We've been working on some extracts and things like that, and we are also charcoal. So we turn our stalks into charcoal, and we actually make charcoal products too. we got two out at the moment. We've got a, um, a soap, a charcoal soap, which is totally hemp. The charcoal is 100% hemp. And we have also got a, a foot, our foot scrub and our face scrub. Our next face scrub will be charcoal based as well from the hemp plant. We're just trying to use as much of the plant as we possibly can, which is great. I mean, we, we're all about using the whole plant. And we've got a great following of local people and interstate. And we even send a lot of I'm sending quite a few bit over to Japan today. Yeah, we're um, quite excited and we're extending. We've got about five new products coming out before Chrissy. And, um, yeah, we're, we're always working on something new. Hemp line, hemp seed oil line, basically, yeah. I mean, we also make chocolate out of the seeds as well, so we make hemp chocolate, a vegan chocolate. Oh, yeah, your chocolate's beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I think um, <laughs> we've been making a lot of that today, actually, the mint and coconut. So, um, yeah, it's just an amazing plant, as you guys know, and most people are really jumping onto it now and going, oh, what? oh why wouldn't we use this before? And, you know, the the housing thing is the big thing. I think um, building houses out of hemp, we worked out, my husband's been a builder for many years, and when he finally built his first one about six years ago, hemp, you know, he was using 
six skip bins for a normal house, for uh, offcuts or for rubbish that would go in a skip, skip, six skip bins for one house, and your average three by two. We have now, we've banned all plastic from our work sites and we're down to one. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's truly amazing because hemp, if you don't use it, you recycle it. And, and if something is um, if something that you don't need to use, you can save it. You can put it back in or, yeah, it's, it's just an amazing. And we don't use any chemicals, paints anymore. We only use um, clear renders for your whole wall, your whole house breathes. And that's what it's all about, breathability. Living in a house that's not toxic. I think most of people have ever walked into a brand new house. It's quite toxic mm. um, with the paints and things. And when I've walked into Gary's, houses that he's built and I'm this is what clients love it's a beautiful smell it's not a horrible chemical smell that's come from all your paints and your glues yeah we call them one monolithic walls one wall you don't need your eco bats that aren't eco <laughs> in the middle <laughs> you don't need that formaldehyde that's full of formaldehyde though it's truly amazing isn't it when you do your homework you realize what you're putting in your walls is truly amazing you don't need your jip rocks you don't need your chemical paints yeah, it's, it's something that we believe in and um, it, it has been a long haul. We have been in business since 1995 and met amazing people along along the line. It's just about educating and getting it out there, really, and telling your story. And hopefully more people join in. And there's so many cool little businesses popping up left, right and centre as well, I'm finding, which is great. So the more people that bring in and do innovative things with this plant, the better. It's going to be exciting, I think, in the future, definitely. Yeah, especially if you're building all these processing facilities and significantly changing the capacity of our Australian industry. Yeah, well, that's it. It's about scalability realistically. And it's the fact that New South Wales is doing it and Tassie's thinking of doing it, I think that's even great as well. The more people that get onto it and work together, that's why we talk to the New South Wales guys over there, you know, realistically. We're close to Asia here. So we need WA pretty close for us. You know, we should be sending our product overseas as well as actually looking after what people want here. But the market could be huge, especially for us being in um, Western Australia. You know, we might need a hand with people from Tassie and New South Wales to fill orders in the future. You never know. So I think it's about working together. Gary and I know most people, we, we used to laugh that, you know, you can fit most people in the hemp industry when, when we we're talking about it four or five years ago and you fit them all on a minibus. <laughs> <laughs> But um, the bus is getting bigger, which I'm glad to hear. <laughs> Excellent. And we'll have a fleet of buses soon, full of hemp industry people. <laughs> I hope so. The more the more, the merrier, realistically, you know, because different people bring different things to the table. So it's all about bringing things to the table of what you can think you could make from this plant. So it's exciting. Um, I can't wait to see what will happen. I mean, this time next year, wow, it'll be interesting to see how many houses are going to be built out of hemp and built out of Australian products. That's the major push now is to get Australian houses built out of Australian products. So we stop other countries from importing it into our country. That's the major one. So if people want to see what your hemp houses look like, where would they find information? So they will be on my husband's website, which is Hemp Homes Australia. So hemphomesaustralia.com? .net.au. And we will put the link on our show notes so people can find that website. And, and yours, of and course. And yours. And so your website is? So hempcore.net.au. 
And we will put all the web, the websites on our show notes so listeners can have a look and order your amazing skin and body care products and have a look at the houses as well because it's a really interesting interesting concept for people who, who haven't sort of heard about it to, to actually see what you can do with, with hemp as a product. And, yeah, it's really a bit the sky's the limit, isn't it, with hemp? I think so. Um, I can't. I mean, I would love to see packaging. So packaging, you know, we, we are trying to get rid of as much as uh, most of our tubs and uh, bottles and things that we're using is recycled plastic or we've changed it to glass, um, cardboard or tin. But I'm talking to a couple of companies, one here especially, that are make, trying to make water bottles at the moment um, out of bamboo and sugarcane. And I'm saying hemp's the go, guys, come on. <laughs> We've got to use hemp, but um, I mean they're bringing bamboo and sugarcane from overseas here. So really? what? Yeah, but you'd see a lot of people think there's a lot of waste out there. I don't like it when people say, "Oh, have you got any waste products with the hemp that we can use?" No, it's not waste. It's good stuff. It's not waste. <laughs> I want people to think that hemp it's not a wa- not a waste because it. If you look at America at the moment. And Tassie was probably very similar maybe three three years ago. They grow for seed, so they grow quite a short crop. Um, they were just getting rid of their stubble after they took the seed off it. I don't know what they were doing. They must have been burning it or something, and that's what they're doing in America. So they burn tons of it because all they're after is seed and CBD, CBD the flower and the leaf, and then they just strip it, and then they just burn it. We can actually turn it into a product now. So some companies were actually paying, I think, 16 cents a kilo to get rid of it and burning it. So God knows what CO2 they've gotten into the atmosphere by burning a plant. It's not really environmentally friendly. There's a huge opportunity for someone to make the most of that in America and in other places. So Yeah, well, I think the Americans now are seeing the benefits um, of the fibre and herd industry yeah. as well. So dual-use crops. Um, which is important. You can't burn it. Why? Why burn it when you can actually put it through a machine and get build houses out of it? Absolutely. It's an exciting time, and um, yeah, we'll just see what happens. Thanks for sharing all the exciting news. We've had a lovely time hearing all about it, and and it's a, it's really nice to have a overall sort of summary about what's going on in the hemp industry in Australia you know it seems a bit mysterious if you try and dive in and understand it from an outsider looking in but to be able to talk with you and get an overall picture of what is actually happening thank you very much for that opportunity. No that's fine I think it's um, a lot of people are really interested but they're not really quite sure what the hemp plant can do it can do a lot well as being healthy you know you can you can live in it you can eat it you can wear it and and it can actually help you if you get sick so but that's down the line what more do you want from a plant (laughs) thank you so much georgina it's been lovely having this conversation with you if you've enjoyed this conversation and know people who'd be interested in knowing more about this topic then show them you care and send them the link to this podcast keep up with our Gutsy Matters conversations, subscribe and share with your friends. For extras, follow Stored Naturally on Facebook and Instagram. Gutsy Matters podcast is brought to you by Stored Naturally. We are the creators of the all-natural hemp fresh produce enhancer, for longer lasting and healthier fresh food kept in the fridge. Available at storednaturally.com.